Kids are so funny, <laughs> especially at that age when they haven't quite figured out social etiquette, and they will say or do anything. You might call them shameless. When my son Will was a toddler, our family made friends with a widow who lived in the apartment across from us. She was always warm and accommodating, and she loved little boys. One evening, I woke up in the middle of the night, and to my horror, Will was missing from his bed, and the front door was wide open. It was clear to me he had pulled up a kitchen chair and climbed his little body up to unlock the deadbolt. After the immediate panic subsided, I thought to knock on my neighbor's door. I hated to wake her, but this was a true emergency. She immediately answered the door, and with a reassuring smile, she said, He's in here with me. He came over and asked for some toast. <laughs> and there he was on her couch, shamelessly eating toast and watching SpongeBob. <laughs> Kids are funny. In the gospel reading today, we hear a similar story of a neighbor who wakes his friend at midnight asking for bread. Our translation tells us because of the neighbor's persistence, the friend will get up and provide whatever is needed. Other versions translate the word 
persistence as importunity, impudence, shameless audacity, improbity, chutzpah, brashness, boldness. Many scholars agree, though, that the most accurate translation is shamelessness. If I were a prosperity gospel preacher, I would probably proclaim that Jesus' parables suggest that shameless persistence before God will bring you everything you want, anything you ask for. But I'm not. (laughs) And I don't think that's what's happening here. Culturally, we have a broad understanding of what it means to be shameless. Billy Joel's song, Shameless, made popular by Garth Brooks in the early 90s, speaks of a complete loss of composure while falling in love. There's a TV show, Shameless, set in the south side of Chicago, and it presents Shameless in another light. As a poverty-stricken family pushes against any social convention in their attempts at survival, And then Lutheran pastor Nadia Boltz-Weber recently released a book titled Shameless, A Sexual Reformation, in which she challenges the church's history of shaming people's bodies and sexuality. With all these suggestions of what it might mean to be shameless, it can be difficult to determine what Jesus is getting at in this discursion on prayer. Is it about vulnerability like we hear in love songs? Is it about protesting and resisting established cultural norms? Or is it about reclaiming our sacred worth as those created in the image of God? Well, bear with me because I'm going to take a short detour here for a moment. For better or worse, I'm a person who loves easily and freely. You might even say shamelessly. And it hasn't been hard to fall in love with all of you and with this church. Before I even arrived in Chicago, you had prepared a place for me in your hearts, on your staff, in a bell tower apartment, You have invited me into your homes and lives, showed me your favorite sights and scenes around town, and supported and encouraged me as your vicar. Internship is supposed to be a time for formation and growth. And in fighting my own internal struggles with shame, I put internship off for a while because I wasn't sure there was a congregation for me. But the Holy Spirit knows what's up. (laughs) And she pulled all the strings to put us together for this time. You have been my perfect fit this year on the last leg of my journey toward ordination. And I will carry the love, wisdom, memories, and care you have given wherever I go from here. And of course, I'll come back and visit. Thank you all for the part you have played in helping me release some of 
the shame and reservations I had about my place in the church. And you know, we all struggle with shame wrongfully imposed on us by others. For who we are, what we look like, who we love, our work, our lifestyle. We pick at the specks in each other's eyes while the logs of racism, wealth inequality, environmental degradation, and xenophobia remain firmly lodged in place. And yet, our infinitely compassionate God hears our cries, receives our brokenness, and provides us with something greater than we ever could have imagined. Today, Jesus teaches us that shamelessness in prayer looks like calling out to God in an intimate address. Father, laying ourselves bare before the one who created us. Jesus teaches us that shamelessness in prayer looks like persisting in the face of others' judgment and forgiving them still. Jesus teaches us that shamelessness in prayer is full faith in our identity as children of the living God. In confidence, we bring all of ourselves, everything we carry, to the throne of grace as God covers and restores us to wholeness. And today, as we gather at the table, we acknowledge the power of Christ's death and resurrection that perpetually moves us to reconciliation. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit promised to all those who ask, seek, and knock. And we rest in the arms of our loving God who created us to be shameless. Amen.